and a very warm welcome to this panel discussion. Um, we have uh, a very important topic, and that is encouraging advanced student projects, leveraging our Indian science and technological heritage and contributions. And the context of this topic is essentially that across India and perhaps across the world, people are discovering the fact that there has been this empirical um, experimental uh, thinking that has been enabling Indians to contribute to humanity at large, a lot of scientific and technological contributions. And what's important and interesting is, can we blend that with the contemporary approaches to problem solving to solve the pressing problems of the society? And the whole of this is framed within this incentivization system that has been put together in IIT Madras called Vishwakarma Prize. In fact, we are very, very happy to have Kartik Akiraju, who is one of the recipients of this Vishwakarma Prize. We have Akshay, who is also a recipient of the Vishwakarma Prize. And these are all students who have done their B-texts in IIT Madras, and they successfully completed projects which have had impact. We'll be joined by Ketar Chandra and uh, Rupali, Rupa Amba. Uh, they are not here yet with us, but they'll be joining soon. So let me start on this note. Um, Rajivji is a very well-known scholar. He's a researcher. He has immensely contributed to the cause of Indic civilizational awareness and the fact that there's so much more to be done to make India a true Vishwaguru, right? He has been the founder of Infinity Foundation and the main uh, driver, if I may kind of say so, behind the Infinity Foundation's 21-volume History of Indian Science and Technology Initiative. So, Rajivji, a very warm welcome to you. Thank so, you very much. Karthik has been a student of IIT Madras. He got this Vishwakarma Prize, and more importantly, he is right now completing his PhD at MIT a material sciences uh, department, if I may phrase it that way. And uh, Karthik, a very warm welcome to you. Uh, Akshay, Akshay uh, has been the winner of the Vishwakarma Prize at IIT Madras. And right now, I think uh, you are based in Mumbai, am I right? That's right. Akshay? That's right. Yeah. And I think you are running your own startup company. A very yeah. warm welcome, Akshay. Thanks. And we'd like to hear more about what you're doing. And that's very important because people who pursue such projects think out of box and they have this entrepreneurial skills. It essentially means you can leverage the contributions of our ancients, combine it with the contemporary science and technology to be able to solve problems of the society and be entrepreneurial in that, therefore be successful. Welcome, Akshay. So we have Ketav Chandra also with us here. Ketav, very warm welcome. You are also a winner of the Vishwakarma Prize at IIT Madras. Keta, I don't have much of a background about you, so kindly share your uh, thoughts. Uh, meaning, what do you do, and uh, what's what's uh, uh, what's uh, what's been your life like in terms of being successful as a professional? Uh, good evening, one and all. Good evening, Mohanji. So, uh, uh, after my graduation at IIT Madras, I have joined uh, Vipro Consumer Care and Lighting Group. Uh, I have been doing Wonderful. projects all along. I have completed six years here. So I have been in mostly in the project where we set up new plants and manufacturing facilities. So currently I'm okay. based out of Hyderabad. 
Wonderful. Kartik, can you introduce yourself like how Ketav did? Yeah, of course. So once I finished my uh, B.Tech and M.Tech uh, at IIT, I joined the PhD program uh, in the material science department at MIT. And I've been there hence since uh, working on environmental and energy applications. And then I'm close to wrapping up my thesis here and moving on to the next phase. Thank you. Wonderful. Welcome. Akshay, how about you? Would you like to introduce yourself? Like sure, how sure. Kartik and Sketa did. Sure. So, uh, hi, I'm Akshay. Uh, so, basically, after my IIT, I had joined my family business, uh, which there is a manufacturing facility. Uh, but it wasn't very like fruitful for me because I, I didn't uh, feel I was doing something which I was passionate about. So, a couple of years back, I and a couple of friends started a venture which was basically uh, we are creating home and kitchen care category products in the eco friendly spa space out of natural ingredients completely, like bamboo, sugarcane, cornstarch. So uh, that's where we, I am right now. Wonderful. So your entrepreneurial bug has bitten you and you are able to add value through your problem solving skills that you picked up at IIT Madras, yes. for which you have been recognized with the Vishwakarma Prize. Wonderful. So Rajivji, so here are these students who have bright future of India in their eyes and they have been toiling away in their own ways. Uh, so from the students' viewpoints, I'm sure they must be having their opinions about what ails projects, student projects, like how they pursued in IIT. Uh, what do they see about um, the rest of India? Before getting into these details with the students, I'd like to hear your perspective of what do you think, uh, what you heard about from the students? Yeah, so so my uh, my uh, I would I think we should start by asking the students their experiences, uh, why they chose projects of this sort, what did their fellow students peers think of it, what issues they faced, did they face challenges, did they feel that uh, there was prejudice against them, uh, then in the job market in the business world, did they think that these projects helped them or hindered them. Were these projects done for personal reasons, just as a matter of their their own personal cause, or what, did they see that this has also got merit for the nation and for society at large? I think it would be nice to understand a little bit about the the three students uh, who are present here, uh, in terms of uh, their experience in uh, as, as sort of role models, you could say, because if if uh, you could treat them as uh, success stories, if they've been successful in doing it. Uh, then, then we could come find ways of how to reproduce that success in on a larger scale. Beautiful, beautiful. I think that's uh, very nice to have captured what Rajivji is thinking about it. And I'd like to just add one footnote to what Rajivji said. There are no more students. They are students and yet they are no more students because they're all professionals. They're all kind of pursuing their own professional interests right now. And they are all the winners of the Vishwakarma Prize. So let's start with Karthik. Karthik, you're just on the verge of moving out. You have a kind of sense of studentship and possibly get into the industry to make a big difference perhaps there. So uh, Karthik, share your thoughts on what Rajivji was talking about. Right. Uh, well, I guess just to add a footnote to the footnote, I'm still a student. So I'm still, uh, you know, learning and then still on the same journey that I was when I, you know, won this award. Uh, Okay. Five years ago, so <laughs> I think I was lucky in in some way that I was in the material science department, which you know has a history 
as we had spoken about earlier, like India has a, a very rich tradition of uh, metallurgy and then all these ancient manufacturing processes. And I was lucky that my project was in a similar space. And then I think the biggest sort of uh, factor that helped me in this uh, journey was uh, my advisor. So Professor B.S. Murthy, who was very motivating in this sense because he was a firm believer of such ancient traditions and how we could learn from that. So Wonderful. every time I used to go to the lab, he was always around. And if I had a stupid question, it's like, oh, is this really relevant? Or is this gonna make a difference uh, in the future? He was always there reassuring me that this is what we have to do. This is going to be relevant. Don't worry about you know, getting a job or you know, what other people are gonna think. I have your back. So I think that was one of the biggest Wonderful. factors that I was in a safe space as such where I could ask these questions and not feel stupid when I was interacting uh, with my advisor. Beautiful. And then that pretty much helped me in my journey from then because I didn't have to worry about a job. He said, you can keep continuing on this scientific direction and then I will make sure that you end up somewhere. So he sort Great. of helped me in uh, getting on to grad school and then I think I'm forever sort of indebted to both uh, him and the institution that sort of gave me this backing to continue this journey. So I think, I think, I'll tell you what, I am inferring on very important thing from whatever you have been stating. It's not just about science technology alone that matters. What's important is that relationship with the advisor. It's almost like a guru-shisha relationship, right? And the guru is there setting out the goals for you and as a sincere shishya, you have been slugging it out to make it happen. And I think that's been very fruitful. And that success is what will be a motivating factor for students to really take up. That's a very interesting point. Very interesting. So let me go to Akshay. Akshay, you have been running your family business. You started your own entre, uh, 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 enterprise. And, you know, like how Kartik was saying, I would like to hear from you what Raji was asking. What motivates you guys? To take up such projects, what do you, what kind of light do you see at the end of the tunnel, and uh, how satisfying it is for you right now after having completed several years post your graduation from IIT, to look back and what kind of advice would you give to the students who might want to pursue such projects? So actually, taking this project was uh, there were a lot of factors that went into it. One was obviously my uh, advisor that uh, I, I had a very good connection with my advisor at that point of time. Uh, secondly, I think my your advisor was Professor Manivandan. No, uh, Professor Lakshman. Professor Lakshman. Yeah. Continue. I was always interested in history as a child, minus the dates. Like obviously, like mugging the dates was a big problem, but I was always. His interest in history, the, like learning about the various dynasties in India, the various empires uh, that were there in India. So that was always of some sort of interest to me. One thing that always was a concern for me was how, like we used to go abroad. Uh, we used to always see how, like we used to love it. Like just the feeling is different. It's a much cleaner place. And people used to say, why is India not like this? But the thing is, we are not doing any, we are the ones that's made India like dirty and we're not, we are, as individuals are not doing our bit. So that's what, right. So that's what uh, I, like that, that's what hits me. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to do something which can uh, be of beneficial to me. It was a very small project. It was a very, it was a very small project. Uh, like from my part, it was just a six month project. And I didn't realize I didn't do something like uh, great, but like, 
couple of years back after a year of me passing my iit couple of companies actually contacted me to give them some details about the project and that's when i realized yeah i did some something that could have been helpful that's very interesting so what you are saying is first and foremost as indians we need to reinvent ourselves we need to be as effective and efficient in our life like the way the west is western people are in their lives right yes. and that's not something alien second thing is the fact that you are so intuitively innovative is what you brought out saying that couple of companies expressed interest in the outcome of your project and that's when you kind of said maybe there's gold in it so let me strike it first and that's how you kind of started off on your venture which is very interesting that's very good that kind of motivates a lot of people to say okay let's do a better job so let me go to ketav right now ketav you heard kartik you heard akshay and i'm sure you must be friends or must have been friends when you were my it right and now you're a professional manager in a professional large enterprise so what do you say about what rajiv asked what motivated you to take up a project what kind of project was it who was your advisor what do you say to students who might be interested in taking up such projects and how do you think what is success all about what do you think about success yeah so uh, my project uh, undergrad uh, was under the guidance of uh, professor a ramesh uh, in mechanical engineering department specifically ic engineering okay. so uh, <clears throat> initially from the start uh, uh, from the time i joined iit my motivation for being in mechanical engineering was coming from the automobiles so once okay. i joined uh, iit and having a uh, taking the courses there uh, the ic engineering course was the one that attracted uh, most which was taught uh, in my uh, uh, second year by prof a ramesh so from there on my journey with him has started and from there on i have been taking what all courses he has been offering in the engine and uh, moving okay. forward i was actually liking engine so i have approached him for a project uh, based on my interest so my project was uh, uh, developing a controller for a biogas engine uh, using biogas okay. in a uh, ci engine so uh, okay uh while uh, the project uh, 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 compiles were doing lot many experiments on the engines uh, but the major uh, factor uh, uh, which helped me from the project is that one major thing was the discipline uh, so mr uh, prof eramesh used to be in his room by 8 o'clock and generally you are supposed to meet him between 8 to 8:10 from there on he will be busy with his uh, course work and also guiding phd's and others so we used to ensure that we uh, take, we used to go to uh uh from the hotel uh, from the hostel we used to have the breakfast go there and ensure that we are there by 755 am just to ensure we uh, we get to meet him and get his guidance so there are Wonderful. many things uh, which uh, i have learned from the project one being discipline second being hard work there are many times which i have gone to rich uh, street to get the things on my own uh, so th- this is a slight difference compared to c5 where you have having a full team to support you whereas in a btech project you will only have a phd supporting you while most of your work was uh, centered about what you are doing so these right. uh, really helped me in my career in a way that whatever i learned i uh, i am able to do it independently i am having the confidence to do it so these uh, may not be the direct uh, things from the project but these are the things I, which I, which i learned from the project and uh, so what what we are kind of sharing is that the kind of problem solving approaches that you undertook yes and the fact that you did it on your own is something that is of value to any professional manager in any professional enterprise and that's what kind of sets you apart from the rest of the people in your own organization perhaps and that's what you are kind of enjoying and that's something which is very very interesting for a student to uh, have 
in order that he turns out to be a successful professional manager who can climb the ladder of the career that's very interesting beautiful so let's come back to this bigger issue right so you all have shared your thoughts on how to build the confidence such that you will be able to interact and meet the expectations of the world successfully albeit in your own way very nice so let me kind of uh, ask this question you know there is this pressure that many people have asked you all so you are taking this esoteric project would you be having a job would you be able to get the kind of monies that your colleagues are going to get or your classmates are going to get would you be able to have a long term plan by which you can be considered deemed successful would you be kind of i don't know how much of it uh, is very relevant here but then in the fact that there is this change in uh, the face of your life like you get married and you set up a family so would your partner be able to accept the fact that you pursued such esoteric interests but in a successful way these kind of peer pressure questions come about a lot right and uh, i'm sure like each one of you have done on your own what you really wanted to do okay so my question to you is how do you look at the opportunities that these kinds of actions or decisions of yours presents what are those opportunities how do you bring that out and highlight them because there are a lot of students out there in so many of the indian universities who would like to pursue such projects so that it's fruitful for them both in the short term and the long term and of course they would also like to win a prize and i'm sure there are a lot of universities and colleges and institutions would like to have awards like the vishwakarma prize right so what's your thoughts on all of these and then we'll go to rajiv ji to ask what he has to say about what you said okay so let me start again with uh, kartik this time kartik yeah that's pressure how do you handle it and how do you sell yourself such that you are looking at opportunities that others are missing out yeah that's a really interesting question and i think there's like a lot of facets i would say to this uh, sort of issue and also sort of building upon what i said earlier about self confidence right so how do you instill this confidence into students and i think this is has been a question that's been around for so long and i don't think i have a right answer to this question but i'll try to share what you know what my experience has been i think what affected me the most was the environment around me and okay it could be your parents your uh, professors or just society in general and how do you sort of what kind of energy do you get from the society around you and how much would you succumb or not succumb to what is happening around you and i think that comes from how much again reassurance you have who is having your back and right. in my i was lucky that everybody was okay with what i was doing but i understand that you know the different people who come from different backgrounds and they have different obligations and different you know meets that have they have to sort of and you know address before they can do whatever they want so i was right. lucky in that i could just email anybody and then just get what i want but i i understand that everybody else has their own limitations and the biggest so, problem so so what you are kind of bringing out kartik in so many words is the fact that you as an individual you had a very strong conviction in wanting to do what you really wanted to do and that kind of acted as a 
if I might kind of say so, a vaccine against possible potential disruptive peer influences, right? Right, and the reason and, for that and again, essentially that enabled you to also pursue what you really wanted to do, is it not? That's a very interesting way of looking at it, the inner strength that you had. So let me go to Akshay. Akshay, so peer pressure, so, money is the most important objective of life, the notion of success, and especially when you pursue projects which are of this type, which your guide has been kind enough to put together for you the core concepts of combining something from our ancient Indic traditional knowledge system and modern problem solving for solving something of the society. What do you say to that, Akshay? How, what do you look at all of this? So honestly, for me, there was not any peer pressure for uh, the job aspect because I was like I was clear from the start that I'm not going to do a job. So like there was no uh, okay. peer pressure on that side. Like honestly, my friends were telling me, "Why are you taking such an advanced project? Why can't you just do a straightforward project?" Because yeah, this project was more advanced and more intensive than the other BTech projects that were there. So the only okay. thing is, I as an individual always like taking projects that are challenging and where I don't know, like I want to figure things out. I want to figure there's a there's a problem statement. There's no set uh, way of we don't we don't know direction we are going uh, or going to take in the future. We just have to figure it out and then uh, find a solution. So that's something that interests me. And I as like I as a uh, individual I love to solve problems. And this was something which basically this helps me today also, and it basically helps me where I am. Uh, and that's why it motivates me. And I think it's so, 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 yeah. So you're kind of, kind of essentially telling me that, look, I have my convictions and I didn't have to have the peer pressure of running after a job that gives me a big fat salary in some MNC. So therefore my ideas are set. And I was the adventurous type who would like to do problem solving. So let me do what I want to do. And I was able to do something which is really beautiful. That's correct. Wonderful. I think I kind of summarized it in a certain way, which I understood. And I hope that's the same as what you are mm -hmm. trying to say. Let okay. me go to Ketav here. Ketav. Yeah, uh, you are in an organization where you have to undergo some kind of, uh, if I may say, um, the performance evaluation as to how you performed with respect to your peers, right? But then what I'm saying is peer pressure exists from the time you graduate out to whatever it is. So Rajivji always used to have this point, which he mentioned earlier too, you know, everybody is running after money. And in that process, a lot of these kinds of things get hit, you know. India's strategic thinking with respect to China, picking up the big bets and having to solve it, and therefore bring, building up the societal strength, the civilizational strength, and India kind of possibly losing out. And Indians in general have not really been into kind of having that kind of strategic thinking in depth, right? Now, in a way, when you chose to do a project that combines Indic scientific contributions along with modern approaches, right? You chose to be a little different from the rest. What was the impact of that? And how do you advise people of your age? How do you encourage them to take up such projects? So, uh, so uh, one thing I would like to say that success is a very, very personal thing. So uh, like for someone, success may be like helping certain group of people in, uh, to up upkill. For some, it may be money. For some others, it may be some new innovation or research, which will add impact to the society. So uh, uh, every individual have to assess their own what actually success means to them and work in that particular fashion. 
there are there might be distractions on the way like you will see in the newspaper one crore salary for an iatm pass out and so on but uh, those distractions should not affect what you actually want to do so uh, uh, right from the start uh, since the time i have taken project i really wanted to do particularly in ithin engine that's why i approached the project in ithin engine and went ahead with that pro uh, project so uh, we uh, really should be focused on what we want to do and uh, not really focus on what society wants us to do so that is, that okay. uh, uh, that is the true both for individual for a country or for any other society Beautiful. I think you kind of again summarize and comes back to the same thing. You know, you ought to be patriotic. You need to have your conviction. You do what you really want to do, and you need to make a big difference. So let me do one thing. All right. Uh, there are two three things which I want to mention to you all because you are all young professionals in your own ways. Rajiv Malhotra has been doing pioneering work in able to uh, in order to instill a sense of strong Indian civilizational. identity into people coming from this part of the world right and the reason is very simple you have been contributing earlier there's a disruption in the continuity of contribution now we are suddenly showcasing ourselves in a certain different perhaps alienated way the modern uh, science technology and knowledge but then if you look at the competition that india has like for example apart from the west you also need to think about china right and he has been trying to come up with all kinds of important issues that as young professionals and young citizens you all have to think about as well in fact let me go to rajiv ji and say rajiv ji ai and the future of power is the latest book that you authored in which you made a very interesting statement if i may kind of say so and let me pose it to you so it will be nice to hear from you what uh, uh, how you will explain to the students okay so here is uh, the point which i want to kind of share the sad truth is that most indians particularly the youth are poorly educated by all standards and a large percentage are unemployable mediocre education lack of trainings make indians especially vulnerable to artificial intelligence inevitable disruption in the fiercely competitive global labor market right now we have youngsters here rajiv ji and you have meant this kind of very important statement and these youngsters are the cream of the society in india at this point of time right they are from the iits they graduated out from there so please share your thoughts and so, tell us know, how youngsters should be able to take up the big yeah, thing so, about so i think that uh, the indian youth as far as education is concerned are skewed into camps a very small percent of them go to the top universities they go to iits and they are brilliant people they are the best in their fields then they have uh, you know they either become uh, entrepreneurs like akshay they become corporate people like ketav they become uh, scientists internationally doing pioneering work like uh, karthik and many others and so these are good examples of uh, that our society produces uh, but you know that's like a tiny percentage uh, if even if you look at the numbers it's a very tiny percentage 95% of people are not like that youth not like that so the concern is 95% because those are stomachs to feed uh, they have uh, they 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 have all this uh, rights and power and voting and uh, elections and emotions and they need to be kept happy uh, because in a democracy you know the smart guy and the uh, foolish guy the highly educated guy and the uneducated guy they all got equal votes so uh, when the majority are not that smart and not that well educated 
and, and not that well off uh, because of based on the merit they have to be artificially propped with uh, you know subsidy of food or, or housing or cooking gas or medicine or whatever education so india has a large liability in the few hundred million uh, people uh, that's a very large number who need uh, who need to be looked after because on a purely competitive basis they are not going to be able to compete and what ai does is it with automation uh, it raises the level of a human caliber needed to keep up so those who are very good will make even more money than previously and those who are not able, above this line uh, will actually lose out so the haves and have nots will be polarized even more india has a problem of haves versus have nots uh, it'll get even worse there will be some billionaire types lot of people making the, all this money uh, but there'll be a very large majority who are left behind they they won't be able to survive society will they'll we'll see them as burdens uh, this is very big catastrophe in terms of social uh, social harmony and this will create disequilibrium this will create clashes conflicts it will be easier for outsiders who are the breaking india forces i call them to come in and cause these conflicts among these people whether it's on along the lines of religion or it's on along the lines of caste or whatever the whatever the basis for uh, fragmentation and conflict might be so what i am concerned about the future of youth Uh, is not uh, the future of the uh, iit cream but uh, the future of the youth across india in general and as far as the iit cream is concerned uh, you know a large number of them are going abroad and staying there in the case of china they're taking their cream and getting them educated to go to america and bring american secrets back a lot of them are spies a lot of chinese you know china has this master plan that says okay we want to be number 1 or number 2 in say let's say for sake of discussion quantum computing as one of their target areas so they will then look for who are the most promising candidates match them with this opportunity and send them to the right places encourage them to with recommendations to go to the right places get some advanced degrees work in some postdoc some research center and they are all targeted to learn certain things by hook or by crook whether they beg borrow or steal and then they most of them come back and so this transfer of knowledge back to china not by licensing and paying and all that but by having sending human beings who bring it back uh, has has worked out for them and india hasn't had this kind of a strategy india the each individual goes on their own each individual decides what is good, what they want what's their career it's got nothing to do with any other individual got nothing to do with what the government send them to do there is no collective strategy per se for the youth to pursue so i feel that the youth are not properly guided in india the government is not guiding them they are all on their own and a lot of them vast majority don't have the opportunities like an iitian would have that's my take on what's going on with india this is a very dangerous situation for india's survival wonderful wonderful let me do one thing rajiv ji what are you said let me pick it out from your book okay this book ai and the future of power i strongly recommend that you all akshay kartik ketan should read it and read it for the one reason that this is something that's going to impact your lives as much as my life right what rajiv ji discusses about and let me take one particular stance he described it in so many words but here it's a little more summarized and a little more hard hitting so let me read it out it's in page number 123 of his book he says and i quote 
young Indians pursued their studies and careers solely as personal opportunities and not as part of an overall societal goal directed by a centralized coordinated plan. Okay, like how China. So an example of China's distinct approach is not is that not many Chinese students study a sociology or human rights with the career goal of bringing down China's social organizations. They don't do that. In contrast, Indian youth have been lured into various kinds of breaking India career paths. China wisely chose to import Western science and technology while deliberately resisting the integration of Western social theories into the management of China's domestic matters. That's what uh, Rajiji has written in his book, and I think that's what he explained a few minutes back. So my question to you all, and this is very important because this is about your life too, right? What do you think about the statement? China, the priorities of nation building, what you could do in order to be able to enhance India's status in the committee of nations as somebody who has solidly contributed to problem solving, using your science and technological knowledge applied to the situation that you all are in. So let me start with Karthik. Karthik, what do you have to say to what Raju says? Right. I think I want to start by saying that I may or may not be an Indian spy in the U.S. who's here to steal all the secrets. <laughs> that's 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 a wonderful disclaimer. I really appreciate it because Rajiv must have kind of put it out in such black and white terms, something which not everybody in China may appreciate. But that's okay. He's just trying to be metamorphical there. Right. Metamorphical, <laughs> anecdotal there. But that's okay. Keep it aside. But the point is this. Do you understand that there is something called adding value back to the society from where you came? And right. especially in the global context, we are not trying to say that you need to be jingoistic or something like that. Right. right. So what's your take on that? Right. I think one thing that I think all of us have to sort of rethink, uh, just sort of uh, picking a few phrases from what you sort of mentioned earlier, is what is our overall societal goal? So. Right. If you look as uh, Rajiv, you just mentioned, the inequality in our society has been growing uh, for the past few decades. And if we sort of continue on the same track, this is only going to increase and become even more worse. Societal anarchy will increase a lot. Right. So I think together in a, in a sort of a democratic way, I think all of us have to come together and agree as to what growth means, what values mean. Uh, because as Ketav mentioned earlier, everybody has their own set of values and you know what they, where they want to end up in life. And because India is like such a diverse country, all of us have could sometimes have conflictive notions of what growth and values are. So I feel right. at a very high level, we somehow have to agree on, you know, where we are going towards. Because so you if see, China is the 800-pound gorilla on the northern border of India, do you think all the Indians will get together and start thinking about how to work together in a solid <laughs> way so that they can at least stand up and tell China, China, look, you are what you are and we are what we are. We are all together and united in keeping ourselves intact. Exactly, exactly. So how do we reach that point? Because That's exactly the point. That's what Rajiv is talking about. In this right, book. right. So I feel, yeah, we need even let's say, as Rajiji mentioned, once AI comes in, it's going to be the same. We're going down the same route of being more divisive. Uh, the inequalities are just going to increase. So because 
whether we like it or not, AI and machine learning is going to come into our lives. And if we don't take it up right now, you know, all these breaking India forces, as Rajiv D mentioned, are going to come and impose them on us. And then we'll go down the same route of, you know, just being sort of these cool, uh, digital coolies as such. We're kind of so, colonized in a certain way. We are exactly. mentally colonized. You're going to be physically colonized as well. Exactly. So, and now I think, yeah, it is time that now we take this up. You guys then... are going to think deep about it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, Akshay, let me take it from what Karthik said. Akshay, there is this 800-pound gorilla called China standing at the doorstep north of India. Right? You don't know what they're going to do, but then you look at them and say, oh my God, these guys are doing a very coordinated way of nurturing studentship and ensuring that even if they go abroad like Karthik, they're all going to come back and add value to the society at large. Of course, it can be like Rajiv too. Rajiv is in the US, but he's been doing a tremendous job adding value to India at large, right? So Akshay, what's your view on this? Yeah, so I think there's nothing wrong with having a personal goal and personal benefit first mindset. Uh, it's like China has created a ecosystem where they have created opportunities for where people can uh, follow their personal goal in, in such a way that it, it is socially beneficial to them. Over the past few years, India, I think over the last 10 years, India has done tremendously in that aspect before that, yes, we were lacking. But look at us now, there's so many, I, I, my personal relatives, they have like in the, over the last 10 years, they've come back to India saying that India is the future. So we are going in the right direction. We, it's, we as individuals are selfish human beings. Like we, are, we, we, are, we always will see our personal growth. But yeah, the, it's the government's uh, uh, responsibility to, cre to create such opportunities where where we as individuals can pursue our personal goals so that it's aligned with the social good. Okay. That's an interesting point. Wonderful. Keto, do you have these kinds of questions that Karthik and Akshay have been posing about? Yeah, I think uh, for, for a nation to achieve its goal, there should be a coordinated approach right from the top uh, where a leadership determines what we are supposed to achieve uh, in, in the line with what we want to do. But uh, one of the feather of democracy being elections, which are being held at a regular uh, phase of five years, it always pushes them for a short-term goals, goals instead of a long-term long goal. So uh, you, uh, that is the one of the concerns where uh, the politicians, leaders are also looking how to get the data to sure that the person who might or who might not have uh, studied or got the knowledge, vote for them to ensure that they continue in power to move forward. If I kind of say so, the reason why India's kind of largest democracy is, and I'm sure Rajiv will fully agree and he has been talking that so many times, is because in the core of our Indic civilization is the democratic values. Okay. And the reason why we have been able to do what we are able to do is because of the 10,000 years of democratic values that we have imbibed. And it's a Indic democratic values, right? So the question that you all have to ask, which is what I'd like to request Rajiv to talk about is, what is that grand Indian narrative that these young citizens should have as a view? And Rajivji, you have written so many books. Maybe you should share your thoughts on each of these books so these youngsters can inspire, get inspired, and they can, I'm sure there are so many other young students who might also watch these videos, might also take off from there, right? There's so many so what such I would, inspiring what I, figures in our history. Rajivji is one of them. 
leader of that. So Rajiv ji. So what I would like yours. to do is I'm very impressed by the three students here. The students are like former students, young young uh, technocrats and professionals. They're all prisoners. Yeah, and, and I would like each of them to send me their full name and address, and I'll send you a gift copy of my AI book because you guys should read it. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, you you can get my email ID uh, from uh, either you already have it or uh, Dr. Mohan can send it's it. It's already to you. there. Yeah, so yeah, only have it. And and uh, you know what uh, what impresses me in this conversation, what I'm learning from it is that the the reason these three are successful is that they have done their own thinking. Uh, it's actually they are right. not product of a system; they are in spite of the system. So Mohanji, these guys right. are these guys are the right kind of people in spite of the education system and in spite of all kind of corruption and in spite in spite of all kind of ego chasing here and there. There are few people who are, are you know figuring things out on their own. So they have a certain uh, kind of a self confidence, uh, you know, in 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 themselves in their heritage. Uh, they have a certain sense of social responsibility. Uh, they 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 feel that uh, making money is not enough. Uh, uh, what I is what I gather. They can certainly make it, and they will make enough. There there is no shortage. They're not going to starve. So they might as well have bigger goals. Uh, they might rather than just a cookie cutter standard approach to you know you go and do this and then you work in uh, tech coolly in Microsoft or then you go to Silicon Valley and make more money. I mean they're each pursuing a very personal individual uh, career that they've chosen. Uh, and, and it seems that it is the result of a lot of independent thinking. Uh, I, I mean, my feeling is that each of them is sort of a very thoughtful person who thinks a lot on their own. Uh, maybe they have good parents, or maybe the, the parents didn't guide them and they guided themselves. Maybe the, there is pre, uh, there is a mentoring from their professors. So one of the one of the uh, success criteria, because the whole series of these conversations we're having is to figure out what makes such what creates people. Uh, young scholars who pursue the, their tradition in the light of modern problems and modern science. So one of the one of the success criteria could be having faculty that will encourage it. Because when the kid leaves the home, he goes to this university. The faculty is sort of like the parent figure, the mentor. And if the faculty is like a JNU faculty, they'll make uh, Marxists out of them, uh, or, or or Ashoka University, they'll make them hate Indians in India. Uh, and if the faculty is like the faculty these uh, these three young men had in IIT, then you know those 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 uh, those it's the faculty that ought to be uh, uh, you know commended because they help nurture them. So I would say, fifty percent these guys brought with themselves when they entered the college, the university they brought themselves certain values, certain upbringing, uh, certain their own individual way of thinking. Uh, and uh, and then the other 50% is that they ended up connecting with the right kind of professor. So what has to happen is you need to create more such faculty. Uh, you need to you need to nurturing because remember if one faculty guy is the right kind, every year so many dozens of students pass through him. And during his 30-year, 40-year career as a professor, uh, several tens of thousands, maybe a few lakh students pass through him. So if he's the right. right kind, look at the amount of leverage, look at the amount of force multiplier, look at the amount of impact he can have in, in his career. So I think uh, one of the outcomes of our discussion is the importance of the right kind of people ending up in the education sector 
as teachers and professors, whether it is in school or in universities, uh, who have who have a sense of you know loyalty to their civilization, a deep respect for their civilization, uh, a lot of uh, sense of social and responsibility towards their future, uh, uh, and not very selfish. And then they can only if they're practicing it. So my I feel that we need we should not we've underestimated the importance of good faculty and 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 maybe a lot of lot of uh, encouragement to train the right faculty faculty training on civilization science you take science faculty engineering faculty medical faculty because they are the ones who influence the next generation of youth and you take them from the all the different places and you put them in training camps and you have summer camps and you have uh, all kinds of uh, enrichment and that's where the leverage will be very high. That's kind of an idea that came up. Good, beautiful. Nice summary, nice summary there. So Rajivji, on that note, I think uh, you have really come to the end of this 30 minute or 40 minute session, which is a very interesting panel discussion on encouraging advanced student projects, leveraging the Indic Indian science and technology contributions and heritage. And I think uh, Akshay, Karthik, Ketav, and all such youngsters, if I kind of use the word youngster, right? You all have a, you're kind of showing a lot of promise and a lot of things. So there Rajivji is showing the book and you guys, you guys are going to get a copy of it, if I'm right. All that you need to do is just send an email to him and you have this email address as well. So I think you should read this book, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Power. For the one reason that it will really help you two ways. One, in your career, in pursuing your goals. And two, in understanding how India should be and really helping India propel towards such a status. Because in the comity of nations, India has to add value to humanity at large. And we have to be leaders on our own. We cannot be leaders unless we really understand and look at the problems of the world through our eyes, our Indic eyes, Indic lens, like how Rajiv says. And for that, you need to be different, being different, right? You need to nurture being different. And that's another book that Rajiv has written. So let me kind of quickly run through a list of these books. You know? You're going to be impacted by a lot of forces which are all about breaking India. And that's the title of a book that he has co-authored with another nice, fine gentleman by the name Marvindani Hunton. And then the most important thing is you need to be different. You need to know what breaking India forces are. You need to know how the Sanskrit has been the battlefield, the battlefield battle for Sanskrit, if I may kind of say so. Because like Professor B.S. Murthy was telling, a lot of these kind of jnan, whatever got documented has been documented in languages like Sanskrit, right? In Sangam Tamil. There's a battle for that. And if that soul is captured, then we are gone as an Indic civilization. You guys should be aware of that. So Battle for Sanskrit is a nice book. And then, of course, he wrote a book called Indra's Net. And that's a very interesting book because it tells in two uh, few uh, lines how, I would use the word few lines, in a several pages, he brings out something which has been talked about within the academic corridors without anybody understanding it. And that is called Neo-Hinduism. He, he kind of brings out how the rest of the world looks at the most important dharma of Hindus being invented just about 100, 150, 200 years back 
its sins and how that actually is built on some falsehoods and he kind of busts it up right so there are a lot of interesting books that he has written and like him there are so many scholars but then he's been a towering figure in that i strongly recommend that you should read these books because it will enlighten you it will enrich you and the most important thing is you have to help others be enriched which is what i am trying to do talking to you all okay on that note thank you rajiv ji for being with us with the prize winners of the vishwakarma prize in iit madras these are young professionals who have got the prize and they're all been doing wonderful in their work thank you akshay thank you kartik thank you ketak thank you, thank you. thank you mohan ji and to the student these young people also young young uh, youth of india if the youth want to create a project and get our infinity foundation to support you fund you you should propose to me for example if you feel that this an award like this could become national could be scaled uh, with more funding and could become uh, something on a bigger scale and we need a selection committee uh, you know award committee if people like you want to i want young people uh, so monji think about this if uh, the young people uh, along with a few senior faculty and somebody like you want to put together a proposal that says let's go let's go national with uh, this kind of an award system and we will make it in many many uh, campuses and universities and so on and then we'll have an annual award ceremony we'll go there and do it in a big way uh, uh, you know and and give these awards and uh, honor these students honor their professors like that we'll encourage uh, through example because when you when you encourage the right kind of uh, thinking more people follow uh, when you encourage the all the wrong kind of thinking like happening in social media then that becomes the bandwagon which is destroying india so we need to one way to counter the negative forces going on is to create some positive forces and give them a push Beautiful. and encourage them and it's up to us as the senior people to play this role of encouraging the youth who are doing the right thing so i am available Beautiful. my foundation is available we will put money into it i will put my time into it but i cannot do the work of the coordinating it and running the whole show if there are other bright people who are willing to do that i will i will back you and we will make it a success so Beautiful. that is my that's conclusion a, of all this wow that's a really one fantastic statement so let a million awards bloom across india which all adds to building indic civilizational thinking strong in the global arena and that's very very interesting important i think uh, kartik ketav akshay i think there's a lot of responsibility that rests on all our shoulders to make these kinds of things happen right i strongly recommend that uh, we should be in touch and we should do some things which are really impactful like the way you all have done when you were doing your undergrad studies and projects thank you so much have a great evening and bye bye namaste thank you